Hello everyone and welcome to the Coffee with a Recruiter podcast. I'm your host Jose and today we're presenting our second episode in the Recruitment Science series. What should you assess when interviewing candidates? Intuitively we know that we should test for skills. We interview software engineers on their code, pilots on their piloting skills, and bankers on their money laundering abilities. But we don't just hire an engineer after a technical test. We need more, but here's where things get confusing. Some companies test for culture, which is a very troublesome criterion and often full of bias. Some companies add more tech tests, some might add soft skills as a priority or IQ. Well, defining the criteria interviewers should assess is often an improvised exercise at many companies, leading to bias and bad hires. We need a more scientific way of defining these criteria so we can hire the best people. But how do we do that? This episode looks at Thomas Chamorro Permusic's raw model of defining talent in his book The Talent Delusion. Thomas Chamorro Permusic is an organizational psychologist, chief innovation officer at Manpower Group, and author. If you're into talent, recruitment, and data, I can highly recommend this book. I'll add it in the comments section. Now let's get started. Thomas talks about three criteria that we can use when assessing candidates. The first of these criteria is called rewarding. Here we look at a person's likability or how rewarding they are to deal with. This element also includes organizational citizenship or behaviors such as being a team player, helping others, being mission driven, or perhaps being part of the company's social committee. These behaviors are a consequence of someone's personality and emotional intelligence or EQ. Why is this factor important? Here's my take on being rewarding. Ultimately, we want friendly colleagues. I can think of former colleagues that might not be the most skilled employees, but they are always there when you need them, they take time to see how you're doing, and they get involved in organizing fun company events for everyone. Also, looking back at companies I've worked in, most workplace conflicts start not because of someone's bad performance, but because someone was maybe stubborn, rude, misogynistic, or an overall bully with their colleagues. Being rewarding to deal with is perhaps the most overlooked factor when assessing candidates. I've heard many hiring managers say that they, they generally don't care about personality or if someone's a good person, only their skills. So, Thomas concludes, other things being equal, more likely or more likable people will have a higher probability of succeeding in their careers and be considered more talented, mainly when people's skills are a vital ingredient of job performance. And let's face it, they almost always are. We might be more familiar with the second criteria of Thomas's raw model of talent. This criterion is a candidate's job-specific skills or ability. Ability looks at someone's expertise in doing the job. Think of skills and knowledge and intelligence, which looks at someone's ability to learn and reasoning skills. Generally, top performers have more ability than low performers. Thomas explains that the most important factor relating to someone's ability to do the job is IQ or general intelligence. You need to know how to do your job, obviously. You could be the friendliest, I don't know, Uber driver or a hardworking doctor. But if you don't know anything about driving cars or medicine, then you and the people you work with will have a tough time. I think this 
actually is the quality that we tend to overassess in interviews. I've seen in many interview processes where candidates do a take-home test, a technical discussion, and then an IQ assessment, and finally, perhaps a so-called culture interview. The overemphasis on job-related requirements, I think, leads to hiring top performers that might be incredibly talented, uh, but also arrogant or overconfident in their abilities while bullying those around them. Focusing too strongly on one criterion like this one can also lead to wasted time and energy. In most cases, a take-home test and technical interview might be enough when qualifying ability. Adding additional skills-related stages means spending time verifying what you already know from a candidate, leading to interviewers unnecessarily spending more time qualifying people. Candidates also risk feeling overwhelmed by the multiple technical stages and the lack of human interaction, leading to a poor candidate experience. The third ingredient of talent has to do with a candidate's motivations or willingness to work hard. Psychologists refer to this by the personality trait conscientiousness. Conscientious people tend to be responsible, organized, hardworking, goal-directed, and adhere to norms and rules. This personality trait has multiple facets. Conscientiousness comprises self-control, industriousness, responsibility, and reliability. I think hiring managers tend to underestimate the willingness factor, mainly because it's easy for candidates to say they're conscientious. It's almost become a cliche to answer the question, what is your strength, your biggest strength, with, oh, I'm a hard worker. Also, the movement by companies towards work-life balance or talks of a four-day work week has made employees rethink whether they want to be considered hard workers. Finally, you've probably seen how there's a whole self-help industry dedicated to productivity, where thought leaders try to convince us not to work hard, but smart. But I feel that qualifying willingness to work hard is more important than ever in these times. The move to working from home means that employees will face distractions of a different kind. Their beds, couches, pets, or, or kids, fridges, Netflix, things that can take away from our focus on work. Um, you know, as an employee myself, we also won't have a line manager supervising our every move to ensure uh, that we're at our desk working. Now, don't get me wrong, working from home done right has immense benefits that outweigh the negatives. And working from home can make you more productive than at an office, depending on the person. But with home-based employees, you will need people that are not easily distracted and do not need supervision and that can self-motivate, right? Because they're conscientious. They're naturally inclined towards going the extra mile, if that makes sense. To find these employees, you need to assess their level of conscientiousness. So, what should you assess when interviewing candidates? Thomas Chamorro Per Music's Raw Model for Talent can give us a great framework to filter out the best talent from a pool of candidates. The next time you're looking to fill a new role, take time and ask yourself first, what would make this person rewarding to work with? Do we need a team player, a humble person, or perhaps the focus is on someone with a very positive outlook? 
Second, what skills and experience does this person need? What qualifications, degrees, or job-specific abilities are we looking for? And third, how do we identify the most willing candidates? Which ones are the most conscientious and willing to go the extra mile? Now finally, make sure you're assessing all criteria equally and not overemphasizing one criteria over the others. For more information on this framework, check out the book The Talent Illusion by Thomas Chamora Permusic. If you liked this episode, then please subscribe, follow, or share with a colleague. Thanks again and stay safe.